Six. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Good evening. Welcome. Glad you are with us. Oh, my goodness. What an exciting time to be alive on WTMJ Nights. As Peaches and Herb once said, reunited and it feels so good. Uh, Guess who's back? Back again. Tommy's back. Tell a friend, Tommy is back from his stint in the Northwoods playing or calling baseball, doing all sorts of things. And Tommy will be here if you avail yourself of the old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620. If you call in, be sure you welcome Tommy back. Uh, give him a nice uh, on-the-phone uh, on hug. If you want to text us, you can do that too. Why not start with the text question of the day? Uh, tonight's question, well, Labor Day is considered the last weekend of the summer. What do you have planned for the long holiday weekend? 855-616-1620. Again, the old National Bank talking text line, old National Bank. Get old. I had heard rumors, Tommy, that uh, you were back, and someone said you were going to be here tonight, but as I mentioned in a text exchange earlier, I didn't want to jinx it by confirming that. So welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be back. I, I missed it you this summer. I know we only got to talk a little bit, but yeah, cool to be back. Well, I hear your. Uh, we would hear your voice every Wednesday when we would do uh, the drive-through window, including last night. So that that kept uh, that kept you not only in my heart but in my mind and in the listeners' minds. But um, for anybody who doesn't know, where where have you been? What have you been doing? How did it go? Because last time we checked in, it sounded like things were going pretty well. Oh yeah, it went really well. Went really well. I just got back uh, last week from Wilmer, Minnesota. It's about. Hour 45, directly west of the Twin Cities area over there. I was calling baseball games, play-by-play, play play and other different stuff. I made radio ads over there, too, even for nice. them, uh, for a baseball team called the Wilmer Stingers. And the team was great. They were really fun. They were historically one of the best regular season teams in the entire team's history. And then they got swept in the first round of the playoffs, oh. so I was able to come back sooner. <laughs> Well, that's good for us, bad for the Stingers, but uh, it sounds... So, all right, now that you've had this experience, and you had you had a different kind of baseball experience in Kenosha before, yep. so is this now the path that you are going to try to carve out for yourself, or... You know, are you just looking forward to maybe doing it again next summer? What's what's the plan now that you've been exposed to it in a different way for an entire summer? Oh wow, we're getting so heavy when I get back. A lot right of away heavy here. right out of the box. <laughs> it's usually such a loose show. It's uh, going to be very. Your answer could be as silly as, uh, "Hey, how do I know? I just got back." Yeah, honestly, Brian, I always just tell people the same thing: is that the end goal is to enjoy my job. Don't really there care what it goes into. I just think, you know, you work a third of your life, you might as well enjoy what you do. So Definitely. I always have found an interest in talking and sports. So I got into that field. I would love to go back to Wilmer. That was a fun time. Would love to have another opportunity to call baseball games. For now, I like being a radio producer. It's kind of wherever the wind takes me along those lines. Excellent. Well, listen, we're, I am, you know, I'm happy to have you back. Uh, that's not a slight on anybody else. Uh, it's just, uh, 
you know, I'm, gl- I'm glad you're back, and I'm glad it went well this summer because it sounded uh, when we talked, you were doing you were doing the podcast, you were doing play by play, you were doing all kinds of things, which is invaluable experience. Uh, even though you were living in a house with what, eighty seven other guys? Uh, yeah, eighty eight, eighty eight other guys. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was eight guys, I believe, eight, eight guys, <laughs> eight guys in the house. Uh, that had to be at times wildly fun, and at other times horribly just uh, gross. I, well, I can't really argue with either of those two points, but I will say <laughs> that there was a pretty good dynamic between all of us, and you know, when you're working with someone 12 to 14 hours a day, and then you go home, and it's like, you know what, I'm going to close my door. No one's really going to bother you with something like that. But yeah, seriously made a lot of great friends, met a lot of cool people out there, but very happy to be back in Milwaukee, too, because I- I'm telling you i forgot what the city looked like when i came back it was very really culture shocky a little bit in a different <laughs> way yeah it was there i was telling you the buildings what yeah, are them yeah i was telling you last time when i was driving out there i was getting a little nervous from yes. not seeing buildings for a long time driving out there <laughs> and then i get back here and i'm starting to think i have no idea where i'm going when i'm driving on oh, the no. highway and whatnot so oh, figured it out pretty quickly again but just in the moment back it it definitely took a time to adjust back to were all the people who were living in the house were they were they interning also were they players was it a mix was or was it just like production staff so it was seven interns and our quote unquote RA is what we used to call him was a, one of the full timers that was a seasonal so his contract was only a year so he was only going to be there a year he was actually younger than me but he was oh, wow. technically in charge of us and he was an intern the previous summer so he kind of had a lay of the land knew how things operated there and they put him in charge of the house kind of thing was super cool guy honestly wasn't anything like an RA I remember from but right. yeah so the rest of them were all the male interns we hired and then one full-time staffer wow that sounds wild well I'm sure more stories will uh, will come out as we are uh, spending more time together so again welcome back Tommy's here uh, if you call in at 855-616-1620 the old national bank talk and text line welcome Tommy back uh, so Judy B from the 708 welcoming you back on the text line uh, our text question of the night with Labor Day being the traditional end of summer do you have any big plans for the long holiday weekend Chris in New Berlin says I will be working yeah I, I, it's a lot of us will Chris I I feel for you brother all right let's take a break then let's talk about aging in this country we don't seem to ever really want to talk about it, and it came up again with one of our leaders. Um, so we'll talk about age limits. We'll talk about aging. We'll get to Mitch McConnell and a lot more on the other side. It's WTMJ Nights. Very, very upbeat because it's Thursday. The holiday weekend kicks off tomorrow. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. Our text question, well, do you have big plans for the long holiday weekend? From the 414, I'll be camping at Crandon International Raceway for the off-road races, and it kicks off Friday night with a KISS concert. Oh, that's right. They're, oh, yeah, KISS is coming to the North Woods this weekend. That will be fun. Uh, all right, most of you saw the, um, the incident the other day with Mitch McConnell. Uh, where he froze 
He looked very confused. He was silent for 30 seconds. Uh, some of his staffers trying to help him. It's the second time in a month that this has happened to Mitch McConnell. And I bring up Mitch McConnell because it's the most recent. But we have seen in the last few months, last year or so, um, a lot of our elected officials who are getting very up in age and who seem to be having a little bit of trouble. Mitch McConnell, Dianne Feinstein's another fine example of this. 90 years old, um, was gone. Nobody knew why she was gone. She came back. She was kind of confused. She's, you know, um, we talked a couple weeks ago when Mitch McConnell had this his first episode about, I, I posited that I think there should be age limits on elected officials. I am going to posit that again. Um, because I think we get to a certain point and humans just are the, bear the brunt of aging. That's, that's just how it is. Now, I know some people think that that's being ageist, that I'm, I'm trying to say if you're old, you're not useful. That is not the case. My age, my mandatory retirement age for elected officials would be 80 years old. Now, most of us, work in fields where there are mandatory retirement ages that are a lot younger than 80. Thankfully, this isn't one of them. Uh, there are others that, you know, if you're, if you're an entrepreneur, you can work till whenever. If you, there's certain things you can do all your life. But there are mandatory retirement ages. I think 80 is a fair age because you can, you can still be on your game after 80 mentally. But for how long? Now, there was a professor of public health at the University of Chicago. He does not like my idea. He pushed back in general. He wasn't pushing back at me. But he said, a person's chronological age is not a good barometer of biological age. Uh, you can get people in their 80s and 90s that can operate at levels that are 10, 20, 30 years younger in chronological age. Uh, the reverse is also true. And then he said that some people... And he included the former and current presidents in this are super agers or individuals that make it out past the age of 80 that are functioning at a cognitive level that is often decades younger. Um, yeah, but are there that many super agers? That's, that's the problem. We can always find examples of the outliers. You know, somebody who maybe at 40 is just not with it. Uh, doesn't seem to have the stamina. Then you can have a 90-year-old who is working out every day and smart as a whip and all of that. The problem is most of us don't fall into those categories. Most of us, when we get to 80 and above, the ravages of time do start to sink in. Now, you might still be on the ball mentally, which is great. And I'm not, I don't doubt that a lot of, a lot of people over 80 are, but there's, if you are in a government position, like a Senator or a Congressperson or a governor or the president, the stress of that job is going to takes a lot out of younger people in the job at that age. It's going to hit you faster. Your, the stress, the hours, the uh, the pressures that are that come with that job and just old age. So 
I was talking about this with a, a friend of mine, and he's been on the show before, uh, Craig Collins. He's another radio uh, host that I am good friends with. We were talking about this earlier today, and I I pushed my age limits. He was not a, he didn't like the age limits, but he had a suggestion, and I'm giving him credit in case he's listening because I don't want to, him to think I'm stealing his idea. He had an idea that every year, once you're elected into uh, Congress or the Senate, or you're the president or a Supreme Court justice, whatever, you have to take a mental acuity test every year because maybe you're 85 and your mental acuity is top of the charts. Maybe you're 67 and something's going on and you're slipping and it's not working out. I think those both of those things are fair. My age limit, 80. Uh, the yearly cognitive tests for elected officials, I don't have a problem with that. Now, Tommy, we wouldn't have to take a cognitive ability test because most people think I have already suffered a con- concussion anyway. Yeah, luckily, radio, you don't need to be cognitive at all. No, I could just come on and babble like a lunatic. Now, would you do that yearly, though, or by terms? Well, I, th- I suggested terms. But, uh, and I, st- I think terms would be the right way because once you're elected, we're not going to remove you, but I think it would be at, uh, once you're, once you're elected before you're sworn in or before you can be on the ballot, you have to take one. So then you get on the ballot, you get elected. Okay. Now you take one right as you're either when you announce that you're going to run again or when your term is over, so that the voters have a clear picture. Okay, they did pretty well these four or six years. Um, how are they holding up? What's the you difficulty know? of this? Is this like the SAT here, or are we I just doing basic? I don't think it's basic? like the SAT. I think it's. Uh, remember when uh, the former president took the one, uh, the memory test that he touted so much? Uh, man, woman, TV, cat. You know, something. Like, it's something like that. I don't think it needs to be like the SAT. I'm sure there are all kinds of. Um, different cognitive ability tests out there. I looked it up earlier today, and there's, you know, every uh, scientific and psychological agency has different ones. So we could find one that's not, because quite frankly, if I had to take a math test, I would fail miserably, as I think most, and not most, a lot of people would, you know, because we don't use that kind of math. Now, do would I have to take a um, maybe civics or a constitutional maybe there's some questions about that in there i'm good with that uh maybe there's some common sense or logic questions or a couple problem solving things i think those would all be fantastic in there it doesn't have to be super long you know you come in you sit down in the room like like a day of an sat but not with that pressure i I feel like we'd get the same results and reactions from people as when athletes would take the wonderlick or that new (laughs) s2 test kind of thing isn't that what it's called be great where you'd see you want to draft don't you want to draft somebody with a high wonderlick score (laughs) just be comparing the president's scores of what they scored on this test yes and I'm fine with that. If you're an imbecile, I don't want you leading the country uh, or representing me in Congress. I want You don't have to be the smartest person in the room, but I don't want you to be the dumbest person in the room. Do you, you do know? this at all levels of government? So even state government? I think, I think down the road, yes. I think we start at the federal level. Because there's so much debate now. You know, now even some Republicans are calling for Mitch McConnell 
to step down. People have been calling for Feinstein to step down. Uh, there's this big debate about, uh, is the president too old to be president? Both Republicans or Democrats are saying, a lo- some people are saying yes. They're saying that about the former president too. Uh, you get to a certain age. The, I, it, it all goes back to uh, two things. One, we don't like aging in this country. This country does everything it can to chase youth. It also comes where there's a perception for politicians that you need a vitality. And that's not a, a male thing or a female. It's you want a person who is representing you to appear like they're all there, like they could stay up all night negotiating some sort of international emergency, that they could go toe-to-toe with somebody, not in a physical way, but they're not going to get duped by a superior intellect, and that they're not they're not going to hurt themselves, and they will be in office for the whole time. So what do you think? Would you be in favor of either mandatory retirement age for politicians or a cognitive ability test for everybody? Let's just see if you know, if you're 85 and you pass it with flying colors, okay. And if you're 68 and you fail it miserably, okay. I guess you know you can't run. We got to put got to put a little uh, a little limit there. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. It's the old National Bank talking text line. It's WTMJ Knights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Knights, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line, old National Bank, get old. We're talking about age limits for politicians and maybe a mental acuity test. Linda texts in, uh, Brian, when you get to 80, why would you want to work a full-time job, much less president of the country? Why? Don't you want to enjoy your last years on earth? Do you care about your family, friends? Maybe it's time to volunteer your gifts. Isn't it time to let the next generation take over? I think so. And Linda, I agree with you. I think that's that's part of it. And both parties, I think, have done a really bad job of building their farm system. And that's why from the House to the Senate to everything, we've got the same people all the time because money backs these people and they st- they just stay stay around. And nobody wants to give up the power. Nobody wants to give up the prestige. Um, all right, we've, uh, we've got some people on the line. If you want to hold on, we'll get to your calls after the news. But it is 6.30, and that means we have to go to the WTMJ 24-hour breaking news center. Jack Grau is ready to go. I need you, baby. If it's wow. quite all right, I need you, baby. I don't know. I'm feeling this, uh, feeling this slow jam. Brian Noonan, it's WTMJ Nights. How are you? 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. All right. I had, I, I, you know, researched and, and prepped the show, and then all of a sudden, at 5.30, I'm looking at some other things, and I come across this. It's a, of course it's a TikTok trend, but it was discussed on a couple of the big morning shows, and it uh, makes me crazy. Just just reading a couple articles. Here's my question to you. Do you eat in bed? And if you do, what are you thinking about? Are you by yourself? 
Do you share your bed? Does the other person in bed with you also eat? Uh, are you eating in bed because you can't get out of bed to walk to another room? This sounds nuts, but it is a viral snack trend. Now, Tommy, I'm hoping you and the rest of the fellows in the baseball house did not uh, adhere to this trend. It is hashtag snack drawer under the bed. And it started, I guess, I don't, I don't go on TikTok, but uh, I guess there's a lot of kitchen restock videos on TikTok. Everybody wants, you know, that people are organizing their kitchens and doing all these things and people watch them and, oh, it's so great. Everybody, everybody loves it. Well, then some woman went on there and she uploaded a video showing her process of restocking a snack drawer under her bed. Uh, the drawer gets filled with all kinds of things, uh, cookies, brownies, rice, crispy treats, protein bars, five different types of chips, plenty of candy, all individually wrapped and in separate little sections, very organized, uh, beautiful, 400,000 people watched this video, and then people started commenting. Um, then it went from that comment to the Today Show, and they were debating it, and my first reaction is, who thought of this? Who thought of putting a snack drawer under? It screams to me that you are lazy, that you are uh, living a life of leisure. Because who has, what, do you just come home from work and lay in your bed and eat Rice Krispie treats? I'm going to say right now, except I'm trying to even imagine when I was a child and I was sick and I would stay home from school. I don't even remember eating in bed then. Uh, the only time I can remember eating in bed is in a hospital. And I didn't like it then because it's just, to me, those are two worlds that don't need to collide. I'm, I'm not going to eat in bed. I don't understand the fascination. Tommy, where do you find, are you an, are you an in-bed eater or a non-in-bed eater? Uh, no, absolutely not. I, I would not eat in my bed. I always have had a desk or some sort of sitting area. So, I mean, I've eaten in my room before for sure, but, sure. uh, in the bed, like, do you do that laying down on your back, on your stomach? I don't know, I don't know how that would really work. That doesn't I'm even make sense or sound I'm comfortable. I'm you got to roll onto your stomach to reach under the bed to pull out your fancy snack drawer. And then once you make your selection, I don't know if you just stay on your belly with your leg kicks up, kicked up like you're at a uh, pajama party uh, with uh, the rest of the girls, or you sit up. I don't know. Sometimes I'm banking on the exercise for me to get up from my bed and go to the kitchen as enough for the whole day. So if I never, yeah, I would never leave my bed if I left food underneath it. So I don't understand that. Does that not have a, <laughs> is it all prepackaged stuff? I mean, you're not yes, keeping it's all individually wrapped like snack size, you know, snack size stuff. It's all there, but still now let's okay. Besides the sloth aspect of this, which to me is the biggest thing. We're just becoming uh, the real life movie Wally, -E, where nobody has to move. We just feed ourselves. And pretty soon people are going to go, you know what else is fun? I just have a, a bedpan uh, right next to the uh, In the right meat next to cooler the underneath my bed yeah. so I uh, don't have to leave and I can just whip out the you, hot pan. Oh, God. It's just awful. But what about, listen, uh, I, I'm 
we have a fairly clean house, I would say. I'm not going to say it's it's perfect. It's a regular house. Uh, there may be a spider or ant. I'm not, I don't want insects getting in my food. Uh, somebody from the 920, obviously she doesn't have a dog. Oh, that's from Matt. Yeah, my dogs would be gnawing at that uh, that snack drawer. I would never be I would never be alone in the room because the dogs would go, oh, he's got some snacks. Just the thought of having your food on the floor. Granted, it's in a drawer, and uh, don't at me, well, don't you have a bottom shelf in your cabinet? Sure I do, but I'm not going to put it there. Uh, maybe eat in bed if you're in jail. No, I don't think so either. I think in jail they take you down to the, to the uh, you know, mess hall. Now, you might have some snacks in your room. Maybe, I guess you could, yeah, all right. Where yeah, else are you going to eat in, I'm okay with in that. your jail cell? Usually you're not getting the nicest of mattresses either, you know? So. Right. Well, and you're in jail. Right. Uh, I'm going to take, take convicts out of the conversation because they're not, they're, not they're not doing what you and I are doing, and they're not going to sit on their uncovered metal toilet to eat. Maybe they would. And I think there's like, uh, now I haven't been to jail, Tommy, in a long time. Maybe things have changed. I think there used to be like a kind of a desky countertop kind of thing with one of those built-on stools. Like when you used to go to McDonald's and the table was connected to the chairs. Oh, and, yeah. And, uh, you know, big fat people couldn't eat because yeah. they couldn't squeeze into those little chairs. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe that's in jail. So from but... all my live PD experience, you are correct, yes. All or right. 60 days in. Yeah. 60 all... days yep, in, that's there you what go. Okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> I don't want to misrepresent doing time. I don't, You know, all of a sudden somebody's going to text in, oh, you're so dumb. They have a nice dinette set and a lazy boy in those cells. And it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. A lot of text coming in on the question. Let's get to a couple and then we'll uh, take a break. But the big, qu the big question is... Are you team eat in bed or team not eat in bed? And if you do eat in bed, please let me know if you are single, because I think that would be a huge way to determine if you're going to do it. I know being married for as long as I've been married, if my wife decided to eat a sub sandwich in bed, uh, see you later. I'm going in the other room, or you're going in the other room, or how about you take your sandwich down to the kitchen where uh, we're supposed to eat, you know, like God intended. Um, let's see. From uh, George ate in, ate in bed on Seinfeld. Yeah, do, do you want to be George? I don't. Jeff says, I do not eat in bed. That sounds like it's asking for ants in bed. I keep a tumbler of water on the nightstand. But bedtime cuisine is not for me. Where do you fall on this? 855-616-1620. We'll talk about it a little more and try to delve into the psyche of eating in bed. It's WTMJ Nights. Oh, my gosh. Hashtag snack drawer under the bed. It's a new... Uh, started on TikTok, of course. We're all of our social ills begin uh, and it's it's a trend now where people are keeping well snack drawers under the bed i can't imagine eating in bed it sounds disgusting to me it sounds lazy but what do you think 855-616-1620 the old national bank talk and text line uh james asked if i would kick a pretty girl out of bed for eating crackers yes i don't care how pretty you are if you're leaving cracker crumbs in the bed you got to go sorry plus my wife would not, <laughs> wouldn't welcome you <laughs> crackers or not she doesn't care 
Uh, Caroline says, in bed eating, unless I'm so sick I can't really get up, is absolutely not allowed. I hate, despise, and makes my skin irritated by having crubs in the bed. Yeah, they, ooh. I'm not the neatest person, as well as dogs and cats are definitely allowed on the bed, but food crumbs in the bed, ugh, did I mention I hate it? Yes, Caroline. I'm. Thank you. The, the one, one of the good things about Caroline's text, we know exactly where she stands. There's no question. Uh, from the 262, eating meals in the family room on the sofa, gross. Find all kinds of things in the cushion. I've, I have become, as I've gotten older, more of an eat-at-the-table-all-the-time kind of guy. Now, occasionally, um, you know, I'll have in the morning, uh, I'll sit in front of the TV and have a bowl of cereal like I'm five years old. Uh, but I also don't spill like I used to, and I don't put milk on the cereal. So that's... Uh, that's why I figure I can get away with it a little bit, but uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't eat outside of the uh, outside of the kitchen. That's the. This is a generational thing, I think, too, because my daughter just moved into a new apartment, and in the last couple of apartments, she doesn't have like a dining room table, for lack of a better term, a table to eat at. You know, she had in this apartment, she's got a counter, which I guess you could eat, but. Um, it's like she doesn't mind. She eats on the couch all the time. And I'm like, oh, that would make me crazy. But then, you know, I'm old. Where do you eat? Where do you? Well, you live, you still live at home, Tommy. So do you eat with, you eat at the table? Uh, I will say right now, I can probably count on one hand the amount of times I've had a family dinner outside of a holiday. Um, it's not very often. We were always a, television and food family if you would so okay. what you're doing in the morning was virtually any meal and i've taken that everywhere i've ever moved or <laughs> lived so i'm pretty picky on when i get food i usually am trying to find something i want to watch while okay. i eat food and don't touch the food until i find something that i want to watch all right we are not we are not quite as different as you would think because i do have a television in the dining room. Oh, okay. All so, right. That makes sense. See, you were making it sound like you were just eating by yourself in the kitchen well, no, or with your wife. My wife and I sit and eat at the table, uh, but there's a TV in there. Now, when my daughter comes over and has dinner with us, the TV does not go on because you know uh, her seat does not have a good view of the, of the TV. She, she wants to talk. But um, yes, the, t the TV's on the back. I mean like going in and sitting in the recliner or sitting on the couch. I have no problem eating while I'm watching TV. I just made it so that I could eat at a table um, and watch TV at the same time. Okay, all right, that makes yeah. more sense. Yeah, you know, yes. you weren't. Oh, a, I'm not a prude. You weren't a television tray family. No, 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 never. Sorry, we were <laughs> we were a uh, sit at the table all together family. Uh, it was funny. We crammed around a tiny dining uh, kitchen table, despite the fact that we had a full dining room less than six feet away. We only ate in the dining room for special occasions. And so there were seven of us jammed around this little kitchen table where if we had just walked a couple of feet, we could have, oh my goodness, we could have spread out and had, had nice meals at a bigger table. But that's a, that's a long time ago. But yeah, we always ate, uh, you know, unless, unless it was one of us was at sports or something, or my dad or my mom were at a meeting, then we would eat separate, but still at the table. There wasn't the only time the only time you could eat in front of a, the TV is um, boy I don't know uh, maybe if you, if you were sick 
But this was before, listen, you asked me these questions, Tommy, and I revealed that I was born in prehistoric times. Right. There was no remote, so you had there to go was change no remote, the channel. There were big yeah. TVs. Yeah, VCRs and, was, and oh, all that, yeah. There wasn't even VCRs at first. <laughs> we, I, no, I'm before VCRs. Uh, I'm where there was one TV, and it was in the family room, but then there was a smaller TV, and it was in my parents' room, but it would it could travel to other rooms. It was very a heavy tube TV. So we either, if we were sick, went in during the day to my parents' bed where we could watch a little TV, or my dad would have to somehow haul that TV into our room, but there wasn't really room in our bedroom with because I have four brothers. So one one room had three twin beds on one wall with three dressers on the other, and the other one was a nursery until Brother number four came, and then it was the two youngest kids' rooms. So we did, you know, but uh, yeah. So we didn't want we didn't watch TV. And my mom tells a story. She has three sisters. Her youngest sister would only eat in front of the TV. So the rest of the family, my grandma, my grandpa, my two of my aunts, and my mom would be sitting in the kitchen eating dinner, and the youngest one had a TV tray out in the. Uh, out in the, the family room watching TV. Now that's crazy. That is crazy. And she's 12 years older than I am. So I'm trying to think what she'd be watching. Probably Howdy Doody or Mickey Mouse Club or something. You know, black and white on a big old TV because that was a TV my grandparents had, some giant old TV. Uh, James says, lay down a bath towel as your placemat and you're good to go. Stop it. Well, we know where he stands on this now. Yeah, we know where James or, or lays on this now. James is just rolling around in a big tub of baked beans, watching TV, eating in, eating in bed. Uh, Peter says, no eating in bed. Haven't done that my whole life. Don't need food crumbs or bugs upstairs. Kitchen, family room, or deck only. All right. Yeah, I, I am not... Uh, Every once in a while, you get like a piece of dirt or something in the bed. It makes me crazy. I can't have anything in bed. So the thought of crumbs, uh, 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 so gross. So there you go. Well, that's uh, that's where we stand. All right. James uh, brought up a towel. I have a, a very interesting story about a towel and some not quite mass hysteria, but uh, let's just say sounds a little sus to me. We'll get to that after this. It's WTMJ Nights. Brian Noon and WTMJ Nights. We're here till 8 o'clock tonight. That is Brewers Weekly with Dom Catronio. Um, you hear, we hear stories all the time about people who see things in something else. Whether it's, oh, I saw the Virgin Mary in a water stain on an overpass. Or I saw uh, this uh, in this pattern. I saw something in an oil slick. Well, the latest one is a couple from the UK who were on vacation in Greece and they claim that after they hung up their beach towel, they could see Elvis in their beach towel. Now, I'm staring at this towel, and I think it's power of suggestion. Because if you had, if you had just shown me this picture of a beach towel, Tommy, hanging up, you know, we all come in from the beach, uh, you hang your towel on the balcony so it dries off and you can go to the beach the next day. I would have said, yeah, that's a gray beach towel with some a blue pattern on it. Okay. No big deal. But then I read this story that Dawn Dandy, which sounds like a fake name or a, uh, a, a retired adult actress, uh, she said we'd hung up the towel to dry after we'd been sunbathing, and 
were sat on the balcony when I said, there's a face in that towel. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, she thought instantly the outline looked like Elvis Presley. Turns out her husband Nigel and her daughter agreed. Did they agree or did were they just placating crazy mom who, oh, she's seeing another face in the towel? She's always seeing faces in the towel. Uh, it was quite exciting and funny. My husband and I are both fans of Elvis, and we both immediately said it looked like him. She took a picture uh, on August 16th and then realized it was 46 years to the day of the singer's death. So I'm looking at this picture, and now I can I see a mouth, and I do see a nose. Uh, I don't... I can see a face. I don't see Elvis. It's a stretch. I'm looking at it too. Are you looking at it too? Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. even even with that that suggestion in your mind, I go maybe up near the top, a little bit of the pompadour hair. Um, you know, you could kind of maybe if you push it, the curve of the forehead and the but it's shadow. It's shadow because a towel is hanging in the sun. That's all it is. Uh, but you know. To each their own, I guess. See what you got to see. All right, we got to get to the news. On the other side of the news, we're going to talk about TV characters. We're going to have a little at the breweries. We're going to, oh, Tommy's back. So we got to talk about the best new fast foods and a lot to get to. We'll do it all on the other side. It's WTMJ. It's over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Hour two of the big show, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. You are always invited to jump in and get involved. We were talking about this towel that these people in Greece saw Elvis in, allegedly, and uh, texter from the 708 agreeing it looks like Elvis in the towel. Tommy and I a little more skeptical. Jeff wondering if they had previously done uh, psilocybin mushrooms or LSD. Sure, that's when you see dead celebrities in your towels and freaks you out. I had to stop looking at it because the more I looked at the towel picture, the more it looked like a demon. So, um, you know, I don't want to be a scurred when I go to bed uh, later tonight. Celebrities get a bad rap a lot of times, and sometimes well-deserved. A lot of them come across as very self-important, self-involved, entitled, all of this. But sometimes uh, they do something that is very good, and I was uh, was excited to see this, and I'm going to have to pay a little bit more attention to it. You know, since the writer's strike, which started in um, May, all the late-night shows have been off the air. Now, the summer, there's, there's usually a lot of reruns anyway and like jimmy kimmel this is usually when he takes his vacation and blah 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 but still those crews everybody who works on their those shows uh haven't been making any money since may and then the actors went on strike too so there's there's a lot going on in hollywood well jimmy kimmel along with jimmy fallon stephen colbert uh, all the late night guys seth myers they have come together and they've started a new podcast. And the podcast called Strike Force 5, it launched yesterday on Spotify. And um, according to Kimmel, he said, the reason we're doing this is because we're financially supporting members of our staff. Everyone that works on a TV show is out of work right now. And so all the money that we make on this show goes to them, which I think is terrific. These guys... uh, if you don't know, 
a lot of the crews of not only the writers, but the, the camera people and the makeup people and the set builders and all this, they stay and work on one show for a long time. So it does become a very close-knit group. Now, the name or the face on the marquee, whether it's Jimmy Kimmel, Seth Meyers, uh, Stephen Colbert, Fallon, whatever, those guys make a lot of dough. And that's, listen, welcome to showbiz. If you can, uh, if you can get one of those gigs... It's hard work, but it's uh, you know it's not busting rocks. So they get they're they're probably set because they have a contract and you know they're getting paid. But a lot of the other folks, you're not working, you're not getting paid. So I think this is I think this is a great great idea. It's going to be it should be a really fun um, listen to the one guy I forgot to put in there was John Oliver, whose uh, last week tonight is a great show, but. So the, as I said, it's Strike Force 5, and you can find it on Spotify. It's going to run at least 12 episodes. Each of the hosts is going to serve as a rotating moderator, and uh, all the money is going to their, to their teams. I also read a quote today that Kimmel said that uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon had offered to pay his crew. Uh, they were each going to pay the entire staff for a week, and... Um, you know, because even though you are, do you ever watch Kimmel, Tommy? I am not Kimmel? really a late night show talk show guy. Okay, my i I used to watch. I try. I would go back and forth between Kimmel and Colbert, but at that time of night, I just want silly. And I know Jimmy Kimmel's monologues sometimes are politically heavy, but I I find them whoever writes them, they're very very funny. And the show, um, once it comes to the guests, it's more lighthearted and stuff. So I tend to watch Kimmel a little more. But um, so he has an ongoing thing for he's been on the air doing that Jimmy Kimmel Live for 20 years, which seems insane. But he's been doing it for 20 years. And since the very beginning, there's been a running thing that he has a feud with Matt Damon. And every show, Matt Damon is bumped. Oh, my apologies, we had to bump Matt Damon. And Matt Damon has popped up in little things along the way. So they have this on-air, uh, quote-unquote, feud, which is all for TV because I guess they're really good friends. So Matt Damon offered to pay for a week for the entire staff, and Ben Affleck did as well. And Kimmel uh, politely turned it down and said it was not their responsibility. It was uh, his responsibility, so he was... You know, he figured he would figure it out. But that came out on the first episode of the podcast, Strike Force Five. So if you're interested in those guys, if you're interested in it's gonna be a very interesting, I think, behind the scenes look at what's going on with the strikes. Because most of us, if we're not in the in one of the unions, if you're not in the writers guild, or if you're not in SAG AFTRA, you don't you might not understand everything that's going on. So I think if you're interested in the movie industry or the TV industry and what's going on and why am I not seeing uh, some new shows, but I'm seeing other new shows. I'm seeing reality shows are new. Well, there's a reason for that. And uh, these guys are all funny. So I think the, uh, I think the podcast will be really good. Here is another uh, celebrity story, which, oh my goodness, people's hearts are swelling. Tommy, I know you were very disappointed as much as you loved your internship in the Northwoods league you were going to follow Taylor Swift around the country all summer. She and came to Minneapolis when I was there. And did you go? No. Did you have no, a game? No. I didn't have the money. No. Who has the money? Well, you, you know what? 
You're going to have the money now. You got enough money to go to the movies, don't you? Maybe. 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 <laughs> Depends. Uh, all right. You might have the money to go to the movies because, oh my gosh, Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour concert film, is coming October 13th. That's right, Swifties. If you didn't get a chance to see Taylor in person, now you can go to the movies with all your Swifty friends and see her there. Um, so she launched, uh, she she had been touring the first leg of the of the tour. She'd been filming it, uh, the Eras tour, of course, and um, selling out everywhere, a huge economic boon to every city she went to. People were buying merch. They were in the parking lot. Everything was great. Um so Taylor came out today and said, the Eras Tour has been the most meaningful electric experience of my life so far, and I'm overjoyed to tell you that I'll be coming to the big screen soon. This was on Instagram, she said this. Starting October 13th, you'll be able to experience the concert film in theaters in North America. Tickets are on sale now at amctheaters.com. Eras attire, friendship bracelets, singing and dancing are encouraged. Wow. As much as I admire Taylor Swift and think seeing all of that in a big stadium would be fun, I can't imagine screaming Swifties in an enclosed movie theater. I'm happy, though, for the people who couldn't afford those, because you were joking, Tommy, or maybe you weren't. Those tickets were crazy expensive. Crazy. Just even if like my daughter got them through Ticketmaster on the day they went on sale, she got unbelievably lucky. So she paid face value, which was still crazy insane. But if you tried to buy them in the uh, aftermarket, I don't know. I want to know what you do for a living because that is crazy. So you can go to amctheaters.com. You can get these tickets, and it's accessible now. And this is another thing that shows me that Taylor Swift is either a really, really smart businesswoman herself or has unbelievably smart business people around here or some combination of the two because you know yes you're selling out seven nights at a, at a uh, a stadium in LA you're selling out weekends everywhere but all of the people who couldn't get in now they could give you some more money and the people who did go to a show will want to go back, and now they can give you some more money. And I don't begrudge her one penny. Very nice. I'm very, very happy. Um, oh, we got a very cynical text from the 414. Uh, they're not doing it because they're altruistic. They're just mishearing themselves talk. Uh, no, I don't believe that. I don't. I think, um, you know, they could easily just sit back and cross their fingers and hope things work out for their teams, uh, doing something that they know will make money that they can then give to the people who work for and with them. Uh, you know, I, we're all so used to looking at things with a jaded eye, and I am not above it. Uh, I think you know that. I am uh, I'm as cynical as anybody else, but I don't believe, I don't believe uh, the... The podcast, the talk show host podcast is that. I think these guys are doing it for um, a couple of months to get their people some money in a way that they know, you know, hey, if you're a celebrity and you can cash in and make that kind of money, 
and give it to somebody. They're not, they could have cashed in and made the money and kept it. So it is being altruistic. Uh, anyway, back to Taylor Swift, because how can we get away from Taylor Swift? The AMC app was having a short wait time because they were having, does this sound familiar? High traffic volume. Hello, Ticketmaster. How are you doing? Well, we're doing as well as you are, AMC app. But yes, so there you go. You can get tickets. You can see Taylor in the movie theater and uh, wear your era's attire. What era would you be, Tommy? What era? What era? If we, if if you and I were deciding to go to the uh, Taylor Swift concert movie, uh, what era would you dress up as? Oh God. Um... I'm, I, I'm 22 I'm is a pretty good this song way because yeah. I would answer the same way too. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I, don't know which I didn't one. know she had era. Red, red era. Oh, you go red. I'm, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, maybe I'd go Tim McGraw era. Oh, okay. Early, Country Taylor. Early T Swift. Yeah. Country yeah. T Swift. I mean, is yeah. she now moving into stardom of Michael Jackson territory? She, yeah. I mean, because oh, this is the same type of thing he did. Is he sold the movie after? Was he? Is that posthumously? I think when he died and that big Michael Jackson movie came out. But yeah, I mean she's capitalizing the same way he did, selling out she's arenas like that. Yeah, she's got to yeah, be. She's moved into icon status. She's selling more tickets than and and please, uh, Bayhive, don't come after me. She's selling more tickets than Beyonce. She's you know she is she is definitely the queen of pop. There's no there's no doubt about it. This woman, everything she touches turns to billions. You know. This this tour and the you know the brilliance of not touring for a while because you're working on getting your music back and her struggle and the story and her appeal to not only not only younger women but older women and, and men who men who are involved with these women or got turned out or just like Taylor Swift on their own I like her music um, I don't you know I'm not as invested in all the emotional stuff that goes with it my daughter very invested in every song you know is gut-wrenching and or empowering and all of that but uh good for her so there you go go to amctheaters.com go see t swifty uh or you may just have to start uh, driving around with a bull in your car we'll get to that and so much more it's wtmg nights tommy you looked something up uh real quick how much is taylor swift worth According to the internet, so we so, know it's true. From Forbes, their 2023 estimate is $740 million. $740 million. She's still got another half of the tour. Um, wow. She will be a billionaire in her 30s. Oh, yeah. For sure. No doubt. And, uh, and it's just, there's no sign of it dwindling and she's got the uh the new era you know one of her another one's dropping in october taylor's version um and so yeah again i've got i got no shade to throw at taylor swift i'm i'm amazed by the business savvy and the empire that she has built i'm uh, you know i'm a i'm a fan of the music not that i listen all the time but when i hear it i don't rush to turn it off uh, and I think her, you know, there was the big story a few weeks ago about the generosity. She had the bonus to the, uh, everybody on her crew. I thought that was really nice. And she gives a good show for, by all reports, nobody leaves a Taylor Swift show disappointed. I know my daughter saw her twice, did not leave disappointed. 
everybody who, uh, my daughter's friends who went, teachers that I work with who went, they came back and when they were describing it, they had the look of a kid who had gotten the most unbelievable Christmas present. I have a really good buddy who went with his girlfriend to a Taylor Swift concert and he says, you know what the best part is? Just no line for the men's room the entire time. <laughs> I have heard that. <laughs> yeah, it's, that it's completely free. If you have to go to the bathroom, you're back in five minutes from a Taylor Swift concert. Yes, that's why the ladies are wearing uh, diapers and stuff. They, oh, they we did that story. Yeah, we, yeah, right before I left. Yeah, right. They can't. Oh man, they got a long line in the bathroom. They're not. They're not going. You, 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 and I. We could amble in there during. Uh, you know, shake it off. No pun intended. And oh. then come back. <laughs> And uh, we'd be we'd be set to go. I just imagine the stereotypes of male and female bathrooms reversing at Taylor Swift concerts. How they're all disgusting oh, at, yeah. at in the in the women's bathroom at a Taylor Swift concert. And there's yeah. like a couch in the men's well, bathroom. That and, would be beautiful. Yeah, just we could just lounge for super once, nice Tommy. place. We could just go in and relax for once. That would, oh my gosh. Yeah, the ladies are probably not paying a lot of attention. They're going if they if they do have to go, they're going fast. I think my daughter said she didn't have anything to drink. She had she had one drink when they first got there, and then she didn't drink anything, any liquids, because she didn't want to have to take a break. I said, Why didn't you wear a diaper? And she looked at me like I was insane. I'm like, All right, well then, you know, you die of thirst. I can't I can't help you if you don't want to miss one song. All right, let's do this, then we'll come back. It's gonna be news time on WTMJ. I can't, I can't lie. I like this song. It's, it's, as they used to say on American Bandstand, Tommy. Uh, it's got a great beat, and I can dance to it, Dick. That's when Dick Clark was the host of American Bandstand. This does have a great beat. It's catchy. Um, and what's uh, why you got to be so mean? I like mean. I like that song. Love story, uh, banger. Love story is a great song. Um, yeah, there is that love is love story Romeo and Juliet. Is yep, that that one? Yep, same same one. Uh, what about our is our song? Do we, is there one that's our song? Uh, uh yeah, that sounds yeah, right. Yeah, that sounds about right. See, like I when I when I hear Taylor Swift, I'm like, oh yeah, this kind of kind of fun, and um, plus she's about eight feet tall. She's very Swift. tall for very tall. She's like six feet tall. And I gotta be honest, when she when she first came onto the scene as a country act, I was like, oh, this is nice. Everybody said, oh, look at this young girl. She writes her songs and blah blah blah. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, that was fine. And that's when the the Tim McGraw song came out. And I thought that's cute. That's nice. Um, I couldn't I I couldn't have predicted. And not that I'm the great prognosticator, but I don't know because if you remember Leanne Rhymes, Leanne Rhymes came out. Uh, young too, and everybody was saying, "Oh, she's going to be." And Leanne Rhymes did very well with the country career, but Taylor was able to make that crossover and then just explode and just keep it going. And you know, I don't know if being in the headlines all the time with all the boyfriends and stuff uh, helped keep the publicity machine going, but who knows? On the other side of the news, a man and a bull go to town. What happens there? And there's so much more. But right now, it's 7.30. We have to go to the WTMJ 24-hour news center. And I've been told that this time it is Jack Grau doing the news. Oh, oh. Every minute and every hour. 
Brian Noonan, WTMJ Knights, 855-616-1620, the Old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. Uh, I've teased this story. I saw this today, and it was, uh, you'll have to look it up to get the full effect of the picture. But uh, it happened in Nebraska, and as I read the story, I was like, yeah, this could really only happen in Nebraska. Maybe North Texas, but I'm going to say only in Nebraska. This was in Norfolk, Nebraska. Uh, 10 o'clock the, the other morning, police get a call that a man is driving through town with a bull in his car. Now, uh, when I say driving through town with a bull in his car, he's not pulling it in a trailer. It's not a stuffed animal. It is a Watusi bull which I looked up, I didn't know, they're a breed of cattle famous in Africa. They have gigantic horns. So this guy has taken, it's an old police car, so it's an old Crown Victoria. And imagine cutting off the roof and the windshield on the passenger side. Then he has, this is a 2,200-pound bull called Howdy Doody. And... He drives around with this bull in the car. Now, um, as you can imagine, this is not a sight that most people see, not only in Norfolk, Nebraska, but anywhere. I, I would guarantee you have never seen a bull. I don't know if you've ever seen a bull like this. This is uh, I, I had never seen a bull, a Watusi bull, with these horns. It's crazy. Not only is it crazy, it's in the car. So the police stopped the car because there were some traffic violations. The occupant of the vehicle is Lee Meyer. The Watusi Bull's name, as I said, Howdy Doody. So he was pulled over by police. They decided they'd just give him a warning, which kind of upset me, because I've been pulled over for minor infractions and gotten a ticket. This guy's getting pulled over for having a 2,200-pound bull riding shotgun in an old police car, and he gets warnings. Not just one warning, a bunch of warnings. But they, they uh, even though there were things he could have been cited for, they decided to write him a warning, and then they told him to take the animal back home, and this is my favorite part, leave the city. You and your bull out of town before sundown, Jack, or we're coming to get you. It looks like he has a, um, like a ramp, either a ramp or a... Uh, a, a gate to keep the bull from jumping out the passenger side. And the car, as you can imagine, is riding a little bit lower on the passenger side than you would want. But they say this bull is a big, uh, big attraction all over Nebraska, which begs the question, if the bull is that big a star, doesn't the bull deserve its own like trailer, some plush trailer instead of a, the uncomfortable passenger seat of a Crown Vic? You got to look at this picture, Tommy. It is crazy. And again, I think I uh, saw this picture. Only in Nebraska. It is uh, it is insane. All right, where do you where do you draw the line at a spoiler? Because I, I want to bring something up quickly, but I don't want to spoil something. If if it's all right, here's the context, and you can tell me if I'm going to spoil this or not. It's a TV show. The story of this season ended. And after the like when the credits started to roll, they cut to a scene that teased obviously another season. If I talk about that tease, is that a spoiler? 
Because mm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that the the after credit thing, uh, the tease for next season had nothing to do with the eight episodes that had wrapped up. That storyline is wrapped up. I wouldn't say anything about that in case people hadn't seen the last episode. This is something that none of us have seen, but it's a tease for next time. Does it involve needing to know what happened in the last story to understand this part? No. It Here's the show. I would and say then that's I can, fine, then. The show is justified. Uh, it is a character that was in the original series from years ago. Okay. Uh, so with, I, I think you're fair game, and if you're not, then people will text in and be mad. Yeah, they could be mad at me because I was very excited. <laughs> so if you ever watch, I don't know, did you ever watch Justified, Tommy? Oh, no, I, I have not. Oh, dude, Justified. Uh, it's based on a series of books, um, and uh, Elmore, I think it's Elmore Leonard, Fire in the Hole and some other ones. And the main character is a U.S. Marshal, Raylan Givens, who uh, was born in... Kentucky in the hollers. So that's the first the first uh series was every season had a different, you know, a, a different main story that ran through that season and then the next season they'd start a new story but there were still some of the same characters lurking around his universe. And one of the characters is played by the unbelievably talented actor Walton Goggins. Could be one of my favorite actors. Um if you don't know the name Walton Goggins, uh, he played Shane Vandrell in The Shield. He uh, is now uh, Baby Billy in The Righteous Gemstones. He was in Vice Principals. He's been in a million different things. He was on Sons of Anarchy. He's uh, been in a million different movies. He's got big teeth. That's how most people know him. He's got really big teeth. And he is great. He can be hilariously funny. He can be terrifying as a villain. Well, he played Boyd Crowder in Justified, who grew up with Raylan Givens, but instead of going into the law enforcement end, went into the criminal end. And he has got to be, pound for pound, one of the worst TV villains that has ever appeared on a, on a show. He is so, so evil and so twisted and yet so great that at the end of at the end of this, after because Justified came back this year, um, rebooted as uh, it was City Primeval. It was set in Detroit. That's all I'll say about it. Rayland still the same character. How did he end up in Detroit? I don't know. Watch the show. I'm not going to tell you. But so that story wraps up, and then I'm like, oh, that was a good ending. And I was just about to say to my wife. Boy, I hope they bring uh, Raylan back again, because I, I love that character. I think the show was really good. And all of a sudden, this trailer starts, or a uh, scene starts. And it's in, it's taking place in jail, and they show an inmate from way down the hall walking. And just because of the hair, I actually, like a little child, let out a yell. I was like, oh my God, Boyd Crowder's back. And my wife just looks at me, and she was as excited, even though she wouldn't admit it. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you've ever had that visceral of a reaction to a TV character. There's only some that I really, you know, 
where I'm like, oh, these characters have stuck with me for a long time. Andy Sipowitz is one of them uh, from NYPD Blue. Boyd Crowder, obviously, from Justified. And um, for, uh, Vinnie Barbarino, basically, from, only because... <laughs> Only because, from Welcome Back, Cotter, every time somebody brings up drugs, there's one episode where they were um, somebody, I, I can't remember if it was Epstein or, or it might have been Horshack who got hooked on something, and all the other sweat hogs were intervening. I'm speaking a language you don't understand at all right now, aren't I, Tommy? I haven't followed for a long time. <laughs> since Since Justified, pretty much. <laughs> Well, I watched all these programs on my kinescope back in the day. I was We'd hoping you were going to name one character I could be like, oh, yeah, and I just all over the head. Oh, man. All right, well, listen, uh, Vinnie Barbarito, who was played by John Travolta, was like, give me drugs, give me drugs, give me drugs. So um, so that's why I, that's a character that I... Well, I, you could relate to really well, or no? It just—it's a stupid <laughs> line that stuck with me. Okay, and so because he was doing it to Horshack, he was—you know—tried. They were having an intervention. He was like, "Give me drugs, give me drugs." So for some reason, I remember that line. Have you never? Do you have a favorite TV character? When you when you talked about a callback character, the first one that kind of came to my mind was Michael Scott in The Office. Oh, when you yeah. see him come back at the end. Um, Big fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Charlie Day, his character yes. in that show. I think it's hilarious, but uh, I don't really have anything that necessarily I could think of for callbacks other than that office one right there. Yeah, the guys, the guys, the, the characters, the TV characters that really um, stick with me that I would consider my favorite TV characters all were in, they're almost like anti-heroes, you know? Um, Another Taylor Swift song. Yeah, oh... It's me. I'm the problem, Tommy. Yeah. Because I keep wasting all the time. Um, but yeah, now from the 262, Justified, I haven't been as invested in a series ever. See? There you go. So there, there's a recommendation. And now you know next season. Uh, I, I This is one I've been thinking about. Now I, now I definitely know I have to. I'm going to go back and do a rewatch of uh, Justified. Because I did that with The Shield. And I'm... Uh, kind of in the middle of one or almost to the end of one with NYPD blue, but I am going to go back now and watch justified. And if, you know, if you want to see a really quality bad guy going up against a really quality good guy, that first season of justified is fantastic. All right. We'll talk some thrill rides and I got to get Tommy, you're back. Um, even though we did a drive through window yesterday, I have something that I saw and I was like, oh, I have to talk to Tommy about this. It's right up our alley. We'll get to that after this. It's WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, we're here until 8 o'clock, and then it is Brewers Weekly with Dom Catronio. Um, Jeff chiming in, we were talking about TV characters that affected you. I got so angry when Lemansky got killed from The Shield. Quinn got killed from Homeland, and Hank got killed off from Breaking Bad. That, in hindsight, I'm surprised I didn't get noise complaints from yelling. <laughs> All right, Tommy, I saw this yesterday. As you know, during the summer, we were uh, we were doing the drive-through window, which you and I created, and uh, you were uh, you were on when you joined us from the North Woods. I this came out today from Food and Drink, and it is the best new fast food items of 2023. And I thought to myself, well, 
if Tommy does come back tomorrow night, this was yesterday when I found this, then who better to discuss this with him? Um, have you? Has there been anything new that you tried over the summer? A new fast food item? Ooh, new or a new item this year that you were like, this is the one. I can't remember trying anything new that I had over the summer. I seen I've seen a couple of new items that I'm intrigued about. Like I saw McDonald's is going to serve corn, uh, and yes. I saw um, that they brought like snack wraps. I don't know what they're called necessarily to Burger King. So would be interested in trying those. Well, this goes back for the year, and these are supposedly the best innovations. And since you did bring up mcdonald's they made the list a couple times uh first was for their jalapeno sandwiches um i have to say they did a jalapeno double cheeseburger in their mcbundle you know that thing where yep. you get the oh man i like that quite i a did bit. have that i did have that and they also brought it in with the breakfast sandwich too yes mm -hmm. so i'm good with a little spice yeah so that one was good mcdonald's also made it in for the grimace birthday meal never had it I did. It was, uh, well, it was a Big Mac and fries, which is always good, but then it had the purple Grimace shake, and um, I made no secret of my love for uh, <laughs> the Grimace purple shake, and then McDonald's got on the list again for their peanut butter crunch McFlurry. Oh, that sounds good. It does sound really good. I've never, I don't believe I've ever had a McFlurry at McDonald's. Well, the ice cream machine's always broken, so. Well, that's true. Now, it's, see, I know that's the that's the joke, but as a guy who's never tried to order ice cream at McDonald's, like a shake or anything, is that more fact than just a joke? I would say anytime after eight p.m., you are you know the game you're playing if you want ice cream from McDonald's. <laughs> that's that's where I'm okay. at with it. So all during right. the day, I think you're more than able to get ice cream all the time. But if you're going late because you want ice cream, try to find something else. Okay, that's. Uh so you're rolling the dice. You got to see what's happening. All right. So, uh, Derek, since we're talking about ice cream, Derek Queen made the list for their summer blizzards. Which uh, I broke the news when yes, we first you, had that. Yes, you did. Did you have, did you try any of them? I did not. I didn't. They looked really good, though. And last night I talked about the new fall menu of blizzards that is coming out and the fact that uh, starting October, I think it's next week or the week after, you can get a blizzard for 85 cents. So... That's not bad. Spice seems to be the big thing. We talked about the jalapeno sandwiches at McDonald's. Uh, Chick-fil-A made the list for their spicy chicken biscuit. Um, the nacho fries at Taco Bell made it. A jalapeno cheddar biscuit from Whataburger. I know we don't have Whataburger here. If you're ever down in the Oklahoma, Texas area, and you see a Whataburger, do yourself a favor. Stop in. It's pretty good. It's Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It is pretty good. Uh, Wendy's made the list for spicy with their ghost pepper chicken sandwich and Chipotle's Chipotle Chipotle's fajita quesadillas on there. Um, but yeah, then there's Taco Bell's beefy crunch burrito made it. The Biscoff donuts from Krispy Kreme and a couple coffee drinks. One from Wendy's, one from uh, Starbucks, and finally the ultimate barbecued fried chicken sandwich from KFC. That is your list of best new fast food items. A lot of spice. A lot of spice. Spice is big. And thankfully, not a lot of sriracha, which is good. Um, I don't mind sriracha. $14 but, sandwiches. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I, 
don't even, we don't have time to go into a, a big rant about how crazy it is that you're dropping 20 bucks if you go to Burger King anymore. But we got to do this. Then we'll come back and start wrapping up. Oh my gosh, the show's almost over. Uh, it's WTMJ Nights. Bring it in, bring it in slow for the final minute. Uh, Tommy, I got to tell you, it is it is a pleasure having you back. I look forward to uh, more nights together. And uh, so congratulations on a fantastic summer. But, uh, you know, selfishly, I'm glad you're back. Glad to be back. It'll be uh, it'll be fun. So now you're back here as we're in the uh, the hunt for the Brewers as the playoff picture becomes more clear. Uh, you know, not a great series against the Cubs, but uh, we'll see. They got to play the Cubs one more time uh, for the final. I think one of the if not the final series of the season. But you'll get all your Brewers information coming up on the other side of the news because Brewers Weekly with Dom Catronio will be happening right then so stay tuned have a wonderful labor day weekend thank you for listening thanks for being part of the show tommy as always thank you for your help we'll talk to you again it's wtmj nights